In Psalm 101, we are given a picture of Christ as the one who will lead us in worship uh, for all eternity. And his leadership in worship includes singing. We are only preparing for that day here. Now let me invite you to turn this morning to Matthew chapter 7. We've got just a few, um, three or so sermons left in the Sermon on the Mount as we finish it up. <coughs> this morning, uh, the words that we are considering are verses 15 through 20 of Matthew chapter 7. As we read God's Word, we do so as an act of worship. It is holy, it is inerrant, it is infallible in all that it instructs us. Now, let's give attention to it now. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. Please pray with me. Our Lord in heaven, we thank you again for your word. Thank you that it is unchanging. As we listen to these words and think about what they mean this morning, uh, we recognize that what they meant um, roughly 2,000 years ago when they were written down is what they mean today. And so we thank you that as well what they mean 2,000 years from now, uh, should the earth remain, they will still mean that. So we ask you now to give us the supreme instructor, the Holy Spirit. Let these words abide in us. Let, us, let them work up in us a sincere affection for you. And assure us of our salvation, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, one of the things that we know about our Lord and Savior is that he is a faithful shepherd. He loves his sheep. And he gives to his sheep everything that we need for life and faith in the here and now and in the world to come. He, he does not change. He is with us. He, he bears the rod and the staff faithfully. When we need instruction, he instructs us. When we need a little bit of discipline, he disciplines us. He keeps us in the straight and narrow path. He, he leads us to green pastures, but he also protects us from danger, doesn't he? This is his work in your life through his Holy Spirit is both to conduct you safely into eternity and to keep you from danger. There are some dangers that arise outside of the church. We've seen many of them just this week. Uh, there are pressures on us and not necessarily false prophets, but on those who, who proclaim a false ideology or a false um, a false philosophy, uh, putting pressure on us to, to compromise and to change. And many churches have. Many of them uh, give in. Uh, there are dangers that arise outside the church, but there are also dangers that arise inside the church. You know that. Uh, just 
uh, I guess late last year at some point, we became aware of a danger inside our own house when uh, some of our children began to show signs of bedbugs. It was a terrifying moment, and in the, the moment we saw it, we got all of our linens together, we, we raised all of the alarms, the red flag went up, the double red flag, we got clothing and linens, we put them in trash bags, everything went out to uh, the driveway to sit in the sun, we called in the pest control service, um, we did everything that we could to get rid of them, and we never actually saw one, uh, but we killed them, nonetheless. One of the greatest enemies of the church of Jesus Christ sits in the church. Did you know that? False prophets. There are enemies of Christ's church whose aim, listen, whose aim it is, whose goal it is to get inside the church. To infiltrate the church. Like termites, they want to destroy it from the inside out. It's hard to believe, isn't it, that there, there, there could exist such a man who really does want to bring hurt to other people through lies and falsehood. Do you believe that those kind of people exist? You watch CNN. You know that they do. God has permitted, listen, God has permitted many false prophets to arise. We we cannot abandon God's sovereignty as we start to think about false prophets and their existence. God has permitted many false prophets to achieve their desire to bring harm to certain segments of God's church. They have tested His people and brought about the destruction of those whose faith was false. When we go back and we look at the, uh, the book of Judges, one of the things that we find is that God allowed foreign nations to achieve power and to, um, to harm His people, to test them, to see if their faith in God was true. And He uses false prophets in the same way. And so what we, what we find as we read this passage this morning, one of the things that we find is that you and I have to be on the alert for false teachers who wish to destroy us. You have to have your guard up at all times uh, on the alert for false teachers who wish to destroy you. There are people who want to bring your faith to nothing. They want to cause you embarrassment and shame for professing faith in Christ. And what Jesus shows us is that the way to spot a false teacher is by judging his life. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20, it's Christ's second warning to you. Remember, he closes out this section with four warnings. Four warnings. The first one was, you have a personal choice to make. You don't accidentally wander into eternal life. Men enter into eternal life. Men enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ by making a conscious choice to go into the narrow gate to choose the path of affliction. Likewise, remaining on this path is not an accident. And there are people, there are pressures, there are forces that will seek to divert you from the path to life. And so the second warning from Christ is, 
Be aware, be on the alert to false prophets. The first thing that we notice from this passage of Scripture is that you and I have to beware of, beware of false prophets. Notice what Jesus said in verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Here's the second warning. It's a caution to you. That you and I need to separate ourselves from men who come to us appearing as prophets of the Lord and yet are false. What is a false teacher to begin with? Well, two ways to think of it. It's, it's either it's one who falsely claims to be a prophet. Maybe he sincerely believes that he is a prophet sent by the Lord. But he really isn't. He's a false prophet. Or it is someone who prophesies falsely. And I think this is the emphasis for us. A false prophet is someone who comes to you in the name of Christ, but he does not teach Christ's word. There are people who will come to you in the name of Christ but they will not bring to you Christ's word. You think about the, the example of Jacob and Esau. Do you remember that? That Esau was a, his name Edom literally means red. He was a, a red man. He had red hair. He smelled like the outdoors. Not a particularly savory guy. And then you had Jacob. <coughs> Jacob was the desirable guy. He had, he had smooth skin, always smooth shaven. He, he worked with his mom in the kitchen probably, so he, he smelled like steak and garlic and everything nice, right? And, and he, looked, he looked good. He was smooth skin. And Jacob was a liar. It was Jacob who deceived his father. In, in, in Old Testament here, history, there were uh, many times where false prophets would arise. Uh, one of the examples that we have comes from Jeremiah chapter 27, And King Zedekiah, the prophets at that time were going around to the people and they're saying, listen, calm down. All of you are afraid that God is about to judge you. You're afraid that Babylon is coming in. They're going to take you captive. Everybody just calm down. You're not going to Babylon. And about those men... God said, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are saying to you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you. I have not sent them, declares the Lord, but they are prophesying falsely in my name with the result that I will drive you out and you will perish, you and the prophets who are prophesying to you. You see, those who listened to these false prophets were condemned with them. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, these were the men who were going through the, the nation crying, Peace, peace, it's peace, don't worry, there's peace, when there was no peace. But why did so many people fall under the influence of these false men? Do you know why? Because the false prophets were saying the things that everybody wanted to hear. These were the guys who came along and they're offering nice, encouraging messages to you. Everything is okay. God is fine with you. 
Stop being on the alert. Don't worry about it. When Jeremiah was saying repent because judgment was at hand, the false prophets were saying, it's fine. We're at peace. This is our nature, isn't it? We're susceptible to false prophets. Why? Because we want warm, uplifting, kind, loving messages. That's what we want to hear. I don't want Jeremiah coming along to me uh, wearing uh, goat skin, looking terrible, telling me that I need to repent, that I'm a sinner. I don't want to hear that. So Jesus warns us here, you need to be wary. You need to be on the alert. And as we go farther into Matthew in chapter 24, he uh, uh, alerts us again that many false prophets will arise. Remember, as we get into 2 Peter and 1 John, he tells us that many antichrists have gone out into the world. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. And in fact, there are many false teachers among the body. Why does that happen? Because people aren't on the alert. We fall into this habit of of hiring ministers or listening to ministers on the radio who tell us the things that we want to hear. But here's what we ought to notice about this first statement. That you and I have a personal responsibility. Do you notice that? That Jesus is looking at you in this moment and he is saying to you, beware, beware, be on the alert. When I became a Christian, the first thing I did was turn on Christian radio. And I would just let it play. I would ride around in my Sherwin-Williams van uh, making my deliveries to job sites. And I just turned on the local Christian radio. And whatever came on, that's what I would look, uh, listen to. I, I listened to every Tom, Dick, and Carrie, uh, Harry who was uh, uh, broadcast there. But before you and I listen to any man preach in the name of Christ, Jesus is saying to you, it is right to be critical of that man. Don't be gullible. There are people out there who want to hurt you through lies and falsehood. The devil is a liar. And he uses men to persuade others who have made a profession of faith to leave that path. Pay careful attention. Protect yourself. Protect your family. What influences are entering into your home through these means? God calls especially the men of the church to be guardians of truth. It was Adam's role to keep the snake out of the garden or at least to crush his head after he tempted his wife. And in the church today, far too many men are drunk on the watchtower while the world is pillaging their families. Paul warned the elders in Acts chapter 20, the elders in Ephesus in chapter 20 and verse 28, he said, wolves will arise among you You must be on the alert. We've ordained uh, or uh, um, installed another elder this morning. This is a chief responsibility of elders in the church to be on the alert, to protect the flock of Christ. 
Therefore, we take this responsibility personally. Do not listen to everyone who comes to you. Do not be gullible. Beware of false teachers. The second thing we notice is that false teachers are deceptive destroyers. False teachers are deceptive destroyers. Notice again in verse 15. How do these men come? Well, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. In other words, these guys come, they look just like any sincere believer in Christ Jesus. They know the lingo, don't they? Grace, mercy, love, Christ. They can say all of these things. This is why Jude in his epistle in verse 4 says that the false teachers crept in unnoticed. Why? Because people aren't paying attention. And these guys, they come in, they look like everybody else. They do all that they can. They do all that they can to appear innocent and agreeable. They never upset the apple cart. Whatever opinion you express, they're going to agree with you. Their messages are filled with Christian ease. They talk about grace. They talk about mercy. They talk about love. And they talk about kindness. But you're never going to hear anything about judgment. You're never going to hear anything about repentance. You're never going to hear anything about hell. They sit in our pews. They fill our pulpits. And they stand behind lecterns in our seminaries. But they do not desire the glory of Christ. And I would suggest to you, listen well, that one of the primary ways false teachers are exporting their theology today is through worship music. I sat down with a pastor just this week who said, you know what, recently we eliminated all elevation, all Hillsong, all Bethel worship music. Why? Because one, we're not paying money to these men who are false prosperity gospel preachers. But the other reason is that you find church after church who is embracing their worship music also embracing prosperity gospel preaching. We must be on the alert. They come with sheep's clothing on. But notice what Jesus says. What do they really desire? Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. They want to eat you up, bones and all. They want to destroy your soul. They do not care about you. They do not love you. No matter how much they preach grace, no matter how much they preach mercy, no matter how many sermons they begin with a joke, they don't care. If you enter into the kingdom of Christ... In Zephaniah 3.3, 3, wolves were those who were tearing the prey, shedding blood, and destroying lives to get dishonest gain. I don't care what your income is. You need to give to me. We need a private jet to fly around the world. False teachers are men who appear to have a concern for the sheep, but only desire to gratify themselves. That is the end game. Notice that Jesus draws attention to their nature. This is who they are. It's who they are. Inside. Wicked men 
who are using, using your profession of faith, using this means to get in, to look like you, to put their hand in your pocket, to deceive you. There are men and women who don clerical robes, who climb into pulpits, who smile at the congregation and laugh as they fleece them for all they're worth. Let me give you just a quick checklist. How can we identify some of these people who are false teachers? Well, anybody who comes to you calling himself a modern-day apostle, prophet, or priest. Anybody who comes to you and begins his sermon with these words, God told me to tell you, or I had a vision to tell you this. Anyone who's a woman filling a pulpit is a false prophet. Kenneth Copeland, John Hagee, Stephen Furtick, Beth Moore, Joyce Meyer, the list goes on and on and on. Yet we are seeing God's judgments even now against many of these institutions. But the problem here, remember, Jesus is not looking at them. He's not condemning them in this moment. He's looking at his flock and he's saying, stop being gullible. Listen, watch, be critical here. We must not be so gullible as to think there are no people that want to deceive us and drag us into harm through lies and falsehood. There are. And they are multiplying like rabbits. We must not be fearful to call them by name and warn others from suffering the same fate. False teachers are deceptive destroyers. Thirdly, false teachers are known by their works. This is verses 16 through 20. Notice what Jesus says, you will recognize them by their fruits. He says that twice just so that everybody in the back can also hear the point. You will recognize them by their fruits and notice how he ends in verse 20. You will recognize them by their fruits. How do you spot a false teacher class? By their fruits. I want just to make a a side point here. Do you remember back in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, where Jesus said to you, stop judging? Here again, we find a limitation to that point. It's not a blanket limitation. Stop judging at all. In other words, we are to judge in the right way, and especially with false prophets. Your antenna need to go up. You listen well. You listen critically, and you judge what you hear, and you watch, and you judge what they do including me. Notice what Jesus says in verse 16. Part B there, the question that he asks. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Literally, the verse reads this way. Can can they gather, or he says, they are not able to gather Grapes from thorns or figs from thistles, are they? They, they? they cannot gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles, can they? He's asking you to answer that question. Can they do that? Now, I think the point is this. He's actually chosen these words very specifically. Thorns and thistles, we find those put together in Genesis 3.18. 
When Adam goes out and he is trying to cultivate the land after the curse, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to produce grapes, it's going to produce It's going to produce figs, but it's also going to produce thorns and thistles. The more he tried to expand the garden along with his sons, the more the wilderness is going to push against him. The more the effects of the curse are going to push against him. And the point that Jesus is making here is that these men, these false prophets, when you see them for what they are, they exist under the curse. They cannot bless you. They cannot give you grapes. They cannot give you figs. All that they can give you is the wilderness and curse. They cannot bless you. They're not called by Christ. They don't serve in His name. Their words are death. It's a parable wrapped up in a rhetorical question. These are cursed men. They're inwardly degenerate. Next we see the parable of the two trees in verses 15, I'm sorry, 17 to 19. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears literally diseased fruit. You, you see this in your own gardens. You, some of you may have fruit trees, and you know that if, if a disease gets down into the roots of that tree, well, there goes the fruit. It will wither up and die. The same is true in life. A man who inwardly is dead is not going to produce the works of righteousness. And I would suggest to you, I get an email every day from an organization called Ministry Watch. And every day, there is another ministry leader who is being indicted. And I will tell you, there are two things that you can watch for in every single false teacher, and it's this, sexual sin and financial sin. Just this week, a man by the name of Jonathan Enzi, a worship leader in Texas, was arrested for soliciting a minor. This happens over and over and over again. Brian Houston, founder of Hillsong Church that you all probably know of, is being indicted. Why? Because he covered up the sexual sins of his father and has even been engaged in sexual sins of his own. Mac Devon Knight, a Georgia pastor, this week is being indicted by the FBI. Why? Because he took federal funds from the pandemic and bought a $150,000 Mercedes. Jesus is teaching you that in his providence, he permits false teachers to arise. He permits them to arise because it is one way that he weeds the garden of his kingdom. The false professor is always going to follow the false prophet. The true professors will always keep their eyes stayed on Christ, but he's calling you in this warning. He's saying to you, Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes open. There are false prophets before you. As we take this all together then, we have to understand that there are men whose aim is to work against Christ to bring harm to those who follow Him. There are people who want to enter in through your radio, through your television, maybe even into this body so that they have an opportunity to teach and lead you astray. They want to do that. But Christ teaches 
these men are easily identified by the way that they live. You will see their ulterior motive in time. And it's often going to be sex or money. A false prophet is anyone, ultimately, who teaches anything that is contradictory to God's word. A false prophet is ultimately anyone who teaches anything that contradicts God's word. Especially someone who claims to teach falsehood in God's name. No true Christian, though, will ever be drawn away by a false prophet. Why? Because you're kept by the Holy Spirit whose work it is to keep you in the truth. But he does it through means. This morning he's doing it by telling you, keep your antenna up, keep your eyes open, and judge rightly. Judge rightly. But God will reveal many professions of faith to be false. How? Through people who go astray through the teaching of false prophets. Just as with the narrow gate, Jesus is looking you in the eyes and he's urging you to take heed. We don't accidentally become Christians. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that a man chooses to follow Christ. And it isn't an accident that a man remains on the straight and the narrow path. God's people, you and I, must be on the alert for false teachers who wish to destroy them. Listen, it is not unloving to call out falsehood. Don't think that. Don't be gullible. The way to spot a false teacher is by judging his life. Let's pray. Our Father, we remember in this moment that the devil himself clothes himself as an angel of light. He he looks beautiful. He looks worthy of worship. He looks like a sincere messenger. He looks like one who would bring us the words of life. And yet he is totally rotten. So Father, I pray for this flock and for myself and my family. We ask that you would keep us from the influence of false prophets wherever they may be. Help us to love your word and to be so mature and growing in your word that we're not able to be deceived. But help us also, Father, to exercise godly judgment. Godly judgment, especially in the lives of those who stand up and say, thus says the Lord. We pray in Christ's name, amen.